You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. So excited to have you here, and I'm also very excited to tell you about a very cool new feature on my podcast website. So the podcast tab on my website now has a search function. All the podcasts and show notes are listed there. So if you are wondering, hey, has she done a podcast on this? Has she done a podcast on this? Has this been talked about yet? You can go and search it in the search bar. And if there is a podcast episode covering it, it's going to pop up. It's going to either flag it from the show notes or the title. So then you can kind of find whatever you're looking for. So I'm really excited to have that because I have so many people reach out, hey, have you done an episode on this? And I don't remember exactly which episode, so I have to go back in and kind of manually find it. So this is so exciting because you can look for anything that you are looking for. And um, so yeah, you can go to my website, drhaleyshoff.com slash podcast, and all the episodes are there and the search bar is there. So you can search for whatever your heart desires and whatever you are interested in learning about. In today's episode, I want to talk about cold exposure. So in the past, I've talked a lot about sauna. Episode 73 is the actually the most popular podcast episode that I have done, and it is the deep dive that I did on the healing benefits of sauna use. And I feel like cold exposure goes really well with sauna because we know the benefits of contrast therapy. This is something that I've talked immensely about, I feel like, on my social media platforms because it is really something that I personally have noticed a huge transformation with. First, I kind of started with sauna, maybe doing a little bit of cold shower, but then really seeing the evolution of cold plunging become very popular on social media. And with that, there's a lot of people who kind of say mixed things about it. And I want to cut through kind of some of the myths, some of the things about what they say about it with women's hormones, how we can do it safe and effective for our hormones and how we can really reap the benefits. So cold exposure is incredibly beneficial because it is a hormetic stress. So What hormetic stress means is it's like a micro stress that helps your body better respond to stressors. In my opinion, the hormetic stressors that I do are truly what make me feel like I have built a hardcore resilience in myself. It's it's not only a form of self-discipline, but it truly, I feel like, has made me so much stronger in incredibly traumatic and stressful situations from passings of people that I love to uh, growing a business to just dealing with day-to-day stress, I do feel like the hormetic stress that we can help put ourselves under are really what challenge us. And hormetic stress um, can be various things. Hormetic stressors can be weight training and exercise. It can be sauna. It can be cold. It can be... um, experimenting with certain types of fasting. I mean, of course, that's something that especially women want to be careful of doing excessive amounts with hormones. And you can refer to the episode that I did with Dr. Mindy Pels to learn how you can frame it a little bit more around your hormones and whatnot. So there's those are kind of all sorts of hormetic stress. But too much of anything that's good 
of course, can be bad um, because we don't want to put too much stress on our system, especially if we already are going under a lot of stress. So that's, I feel like, where cold exposure kind of gets crapped on a little bit, especially when people are like, yeah, women... I hate, I hate this thing where it's like, okay, women are, have hormones. So therefore like they have to, we have to be so careful. They shouldn't do cold plunges too stressful on their body. Oh my God. We aren't like little dainty flowers that cannot be stressed. (laughs) Yes. So many of women, especially that I see, we're already kind of shooting ourselves in the foot by excessive cardio and under eating and not managing our stress, but say we are strength training and taking proper days off and really fueling our bodies and getting good sleep and practicing stress management. We should be practicing. We should be practicing hormetic stressors, especially in relation to our hormones. So that is just something that I feel like gets me very fired up because we aren't just like these little dainty things that can never push ourselves. But at the same time, women aren't men, and because we have very different hormonal structures. But when it comes to cold plunging, uh, the the science is is really cool because you don't need to do it a lot to reap a lot of the benefits. So. The research really says 11 minutes a week, which if you think about it, it really doesn't happen. That can be, you know, going in a few times a week. So that's what I aim for. I don't go in every single day. I am careful around late luteal phase going in too much overstressing my body. And But when it's a few days a week for a few minutes at a time, that's that's such a micro stress in comparison to everything else. We know that the benefits of cold exposure are vast apart from, uh, you know, just Contrast therapy, which contrast therapy is hot and cold. Hot and cold is really great for your lymphatic system. That's a great way that we can get it to move. Um, it's really great for circulation. It's really great for muscle recovery. It's amazing for metabolism in the sense of having less uh, or creating more brown fat. So brown fat is a little bit more metabolically active um, than white fat. And brown fat is, I forget the amount of of De, uh, times more metabolically active than it is, but that's really what's great for, that's what cold exposure helps. That's what babies mainly have, but we lose a lot of brown fat as we age, but cold exposure is able to help that a little bit. And it's great for your metabolism. It's not, I don't think significant in the sense of like, you're not burning hundreds of more calories going in the cold plunge. But I mean, when you are really lowering your core body temperature, your body does have to work harder to heat you back up and so, I mean, that does have a metabolic component to it. I mean, it's great for your hormone. It's great for neurotransmitters and various hormones like dopamine. Well, dopamine and norepinephrine and epinephrine, those are all uh, neurotransmitters. So I guess not hormones, but I mean, there's, there's so many amazing benefits to it apart from just the contrast therapy. And if you're just starting in cold exposure and maybe cold plunging seems a little intense, you can just start with doing something like a cold shower. Anything that is going to bring your core body temperature down is going to help with the benefits. And kind of going back to the resilience piece, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world. And it's hard, especially at first. Now, if I were to kind of look at myself when I first started doing cold plunges, I probably was making the most extreme faces. I probably looked so uncomfortable. I was huffing and puffing. And now, especially um, the past few past few weeks when especially it was the coldest in the winter, we have a thermometer in our cold plunge and a lot of times it was low 40s and that was really not fun. <laughs> um, but it really is crazy because then I would I, I just you bought your body adapts. Our body is so amazing. We can do hard things. 
we can do hard things and our body adapts to it. I would get in, it would be 40 degrees. I'd set my timer for two minutes. My face would be completely straight. I would not be making any facial expressions. My breathing would be controlled. It's amazing how you can really transform your body. And I used to have a with, with being outside as much as I do, I would definitely have a lot of cold sensitivity, especially in my extremities. And a few years ago, I noticed that I had Raynaud's phenomenon on my hands once. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Like that's never happened before. It's a little freaky. And we know that there's like an autoimmune component to that. I was in chiropractic school. I was under a lot of stress. I had, you know, inflammatory oils and things like that in my lifestyle. I probably wasn't taking days off from the gym. And so there was a lot of lifestyle adjustments that needed to be worked out. But, you know, when we'd go skiing, sometimes my toes would literally get frozen and like they would be numb and then they'd be burning when I'd go inside and having kind of almost a sensitivity on certain areas to cold. I've, if anything, cured that. I don't have any, I, I cannot remember the last time I had rain-ons because they actually say that if you do have that micro doses of cold can really help your body begin to tolerate it a little bit. It's interesting. I almost think of it, if you were to kind of compare it to, okay, you have an allergy, then you kind of micro dose that person's allergy. They're doing that a lot with kids now who have not allergies. They're kind of just giving them small, small, small doses. So their body is uh, almost adapting, which I think is really cool. And that's, if you kind of compare it to this, a similar theory to that, that's almost kind of what cold is doing. So there's some people who are like, I can't do cold. I can't do cold. I can't. I promise you can, you can do hard things. I will say it a lot of times this podcast and it's not that you have to do incredibly hard things all day, every day. It's, it's these micro little things that we can add in our day and lifestyle and then balance it with parasympathetic things. But it, it has been really beneficial for that. And it's interesting, especially now that our water has warmed up a little bit. So we just have a horse trough that we got from tractor supply. We fill it with cold water that we, I use the bath filter that we have that we put on the hose and we filter it. And depending, I mean, we probably change it every other week. It depends if there was a few periods in the winter where it didn't get above freezing. So we didn't want to run the hose, but so that water got a little, little gross, but you know, we're, we're changing it kind of every other week or so. And then in the summer, that's going to be hard to maintain. So our plan is to do longer sessions, probably do, you know, two, five to six minute sessions a week to get to 11 minutes, but then we'll just fill it up, put ice in it and then use it either that day. And then that next day, or, you know, something like that, because in the summer with it being in the garage, it's going to heat up to being warm. So we're going to obviously figure that out, but I mean, in terms of investment wise, I think the trough was $150, you know, then you obviously have to fill it with water and we get like a bath filter in the summer. We'll have to maybe buy some ice, but in terms of, you know, investment that it really doesn't have to be a lot. It, it shouldn't have to be a lot. I mean, before we got the horse trough, we literally were just filling up our bathtub with cold filtered water. We would just turn it as cold as it would go. And in the summer we would just put a few bags of ice in. we weren't using it as regularly then. I mean, people who live near lakes, I mean, not, I'm not saying to go do this, especially not if it's your first time, but I've seen some people here on Canandaigua Lake that just go in, uh, hopefully under supervision. I mean, but you have so many options. I mean, my, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that my brother, Nick and I, we went in my dad's pond during Christmas time. That was the coldest one I've done. That water had to be in the twenties. It was freezing. Um, and I don't recommend that because my brother was doing that alone without supervision and you just, you don't, you don't, you don't want to do that. But 
I mean, you can get a horse trough or a barrel of some sort, or you can literally just fill up your bathtub with cold water, or you can literally just take a cold shower to be able to get these benefits. So kind of breaking down a little bit of the benefits. Um, the first one is obviously the contrast. So if you can do something to get your body temperature warm before, whether that's a hot shower, an Epsom salt bath, a, a sauna, um, I would caution about doing cold exposure um, in terms of a plunge immediately after exercise. A cold shower is different, but you you want like I see a lot of people do this on Instagram where they are like flexing that they're they just got done with a hard workout and then they're going right in a cold plunge and it's like hey that's great that you're doing that but you're actually kind of negating any of the benefits you're getting from training because when you're working out you're breaking down muscle tissue and after you work out, you really want that inflammatory cascade to happen because that's how protein muscle synthesis happens. And so you can definitely inhibit optimal recovery if you are cold plunging immediately after a workout. For me, I will, I wait probably at least eight, eight, six to eight hours from a, a training session. You know, if I'm just training upper body, it's not that big of a deal. But if I'm training lower body back, uh, I'm absolutely not going in the cold plunge and I'm waiting. I mean, if you do something like cardio, if you were, to, I, I go back and forth, like if I did a Peloton spin or something, you know, I'll go in because it's not like I'm really breaking down muscle tissue, but, but on those days, I usually still kind of wait. It really depends on how sore I am. Um, but, but because of the contrast therapy, um, I, we talked about this on the podcast that we did at the beginning of the year with Nick and my brother it's a great way to improve recovery because it's the hot and the cold or even just the cold by itself is, is increasing blood flow, which anytime you're increasing blood flow, you're going to increase recovery, which is great. You just don't want to increase recovery right after you worked out. You want, you want the muscles and the inflammation to be there because that's how the body's going in and repairing and regrowing those muscle fibers that we were breaking down during that training session. So my only caveat is, you know, don't do it immediately after training if you can. Uh, if you're taking a cold shower to kind of cool down, I don't think that's as detrimental because a cold shower, even if you're in a cold shower for two minutes, it's not the same immersion effects that you're getting when you're in a, a full-on cold plunge. It, it is, in my opinion, very different. It's still helpful in a cold shower is still great. Um, but it's, it's by no means after doing both, it's not even, it's very different in my opinion. We know that cold is also really great for your mitochondria. The mitochondria, as we learned in elementary school, are the powerhouse of the cell. They are responsible for so many different things, but for energy, for your metabolism, for all of those different types of things and shivering, is a really great way to stimulate your mitochondria. So that's why cold exposure is really, really great for mitochondrial health, um, especially if you can get to the point where you're shivering. It's great. Um, I obviously talked about dopamine. So cold exposure helps the body release dopamine. Dopamine is severely lacking in a majority of our population. Dopamine is that feel-good hormone that is helping us to... Um, it just how do I explain it? It's, it's a mood booster. Um, it really helps to elevate your mood. It helps your focus. It helps you, um, with attention and kind of just like completing certain tasks. And it just is kind of like that feel good 
hormone that everybody is seeking. And usually we're seeking it through food and snacks and sugar or our phones, whereas cold exposure is just a really great way to boost dopamine. And I personally feel that big time. I, I love going in. Um, I obviously talked about metabolism. So because your body's got to work to increase that core temp, it's, it's really kind of helping to, uh, help that brown fat a little bit more. Um, but by no means it's, it's not like a quick fix for helping you lose weight. There are some studies that show that it does help to decrease, um, adipose, especially in like the midline and waist, but that was more in men in the study than women, but they both still experience pronounced benefits on dopamine and recovery and inflammation reduction and things like that. So how cold does it have to be? Um, they, they really say anything like within the, in the fifties is good. Um, like if it's in the sixties, I mean, it's, it's still probably cold compared to what you're used to, but I feel like from what I've read, a lot of it is kind of like in the mid fifties is where it's standard. Like if you go to any professional, you know, athletic training room, all the cold tubs there kind of range in the mid to low fifties and some athletes will put ice in, especially if they're more well adapted and can handle a little bit colder. Um, I've gone in anywhere from twenties to currently ours is in the high forties, low fifties. That's where I feel like I'm getting more of the benefit. It doesn't, the colder that it is, doesn't mean that it's necessarily better. Um, if it's in the low forties and high thirties, I will only limit myself to like two to three minutes, probably. Yeah, probably max, honestly. Um, I don't, I don't need to, you know, physically push it there, but you know, as it's gotten, I think the other day it was like 40 something. I could easily stay in for four to five minutes. Cause I'm so used to low forties, high thirties where it's just, it's cool to see the resilience that you're able to build up in yourself. And I think that's a huge part about this is, is the, the resilience piece. Um, because in some people it can increase a little bit of energy and focus, um, it, that depends on kind of when you do it during the day. Huberman Lab talks a lot about doing it kind of during, first thing in the morning. Um, if it's a rest, if it's a rest day for me, that'll work. But otherwise, that doesn't usually work for uh, my schedule because I work out first thing. I will tell you, um, for me, I love going in at night because it brings my body temperature right down. And even though it's increasing that adrenaline very quickly and acutely in that moment, I'm able to come right down from it. As soon as I let my body temp kind of come back to normal, I'm nice and cozy. My body temp is just naturally lowered. Uh, and I have no problem falling asleep an hour later. But if I do it first thing in the morning, I'm like, wow, I can just attack this whole day. I've got great energy. But as my body's warming up, my, my, I do feel like almost more relaxed, like almost in a very parasympathetic state. So that works for me. I can go in at night after I go in the sauna and, and it works. But if it, if it does stimulate you too much, just don't go in at nighttime. There's a lot of people or there's a lot of uh, research and um, tips that say to kind of as much as you can help your body warm up naturally. So I try to not immediately, you know, hop right in a shower and warm up. I do shower after, um, especially if I'm going in the sauna, but I try to at least kind of give myself 10 to 15 minutes of letting my body temp come up naturally. And if I'm taking a shower, I try to have it honestly not be super hot because I want my body to still have the benefits of warming up naturally. So that's a tip that I have for that. And I think that does help me to um, just keep my body temp lower and especially doing it at nighttime. 
it, it kind of helps to keep me relaxed. But I will tell you, I sleep like a baby when I do it and it doesn't affect me. But honestly, you, you do what works best for you. Um, and most of the cold kind of studies that I'm showing, a lot of them and or where I'm referencing, a lot of them are from cold immersion up to the neck. Um, but cold showers, like I said, they work too. Everybody has access to a cold shower. Or if you have a bath, you have that as well. Um, I'm trying to think of some other... Oh, so I wanted to kind of talk about... Uh, I wanted to talk about... Um, hormones and where that fits into this, because I've seen some people be like, yeah, cold exposure is all the hype, but it's horrible for your hormones. Yeah. It might be horrible for your hormones. If you're already jacking cortisol up in many other ways, you're doing too much caffeine, you're overtraining, you're not feeling your body. I mean, I hate blanket statements like that. Um, and it's the same thing with exercise. Like you've, if you've listened to the podcast, I did about training for your cycle. It's not like we just are complete little fragile beings, you know, it's all about just monitoring your hormones and knowing what supports it and what's not. So if you're say, okay, so say you want a cold plunge, but you're ovulating and you are trying to conceive that month, maybe just maybe don't cold plunge around that time. Or maybe if you are a little bit lower progesterone or you're having trouble ovulating, even if you're not trying to conceive, maybe just be mindful about how many times you're going in, maybe just go in don't go in maybe around ovulation and go in a little bit less in your luteal phase, but because your hormones are more resilient during the follicular phase of your cycle, optimize that. For me, I still go in in my luteal phase. I don't go in every day. Um, Maybe if I go in four to four times a week during my follicular, maybe I'll only go in three. I really try to be very uh, in tune about it and see like, okay, what type of other stress am I under? you know, have I done a lot of hard training this week? You know, really looking at at the whole picture. But as as much as I can, I I really do try for that 11 minutes a week because it's really achievable. It's not very difficult to do, especially as it's getting warmer out and the cold exposure that I'll be doing is more in the 50s, which is going to feel like a hot tub compared to what we're used to, honestly. Um, But in terms of hormones, just being kind of strategic about it. And okay, if you did a hit class, you know, maybe like don't go in right after the hit class, do some meditation and go in on a rest day or something else. Um, it's a great nervous system reset. So it's not something that you want to, it's not something that you of course want to kind of overdo, but it's not the same. It's, I don't think it's something you also want to be afraid of in terms of hormone. It's all about balance with that. And I think that's the biggest thing. Yes, it's, uncomfortable, but honestly, I will say I look forward to it now. I really do. I, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go in the cold plunge. Once I'm in there, the the dopamine that you get, the endorphins, the feel-good hormones that you get from it, and just the feeling of just, I feel a huge inflammation reduction, honestly, like especially with a lot of the traveling that I've done the past month. I'm like, wow, it just, I feel like there's like a noticeable difference before and after. And I get if if it's not everybody's cup of tea, that's okay. It doesn't have to be your cup of tea, but it's a really cool tool that is pretty cheap um, because assuming you have a bathtub or a shower, anybody can do it. And then, or if you want to get something where you can fill up with cold water, it, it is a very accessible, it's a very accessible therapy to do. I did it the other day where I did a really hot Epsom salt bath and was like, could not get my body temp to come down. And so I went in that and the huge contrast between Epsom salt and that I almost feel like was more than when I go in the sauna because the infrared sauna, once I get out, I cool down pretty, pretty quickly. Um, 
but man, that, that was crazy. I was like, I felt like euphoric after I was like, whoa, my body just went from complete extremes and it felt really, it felt really good. Uh, I, I really like it. I'm a huge advocate for it. Clearly. That's why I'm doing a podcast episode on it. And I think there's ways that we can all fit it into our lifestyle in which we're comfortable, whether you want to toggle between a hot and cold shower, you want to challenge yourself and see if you can get under a minute of cold. Maybe you fill your bathtub up once a week with cold water and you sit in there for a few minutes, you know, it it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to be going to these spas and things like that that have these like cryo or whatever chambers. You can literally find very simple ways to do it. I mean, like I said, people go in lakes and ponds and stuff and please do that with supervision and don't do that by yourself. But I mean, it, it is really accessible and this is a therapy that people have been doing for hundreds of thousands of years. I mean, in uh, Scandinavian countries, the sauna, they actually pronounce it sauna, sauna, and then cold plunging in the lake is just, that was just like what everybody did. That that was like the social scene. And I think that's so cool. I mean, they were so ahead of the curve and I feel like we're catching on to a lot of that stuff now. I feel like sauna's gotten a lot of traction in the last few years. Cold plunging is very, very popular now. And hopefully I've busted some myths in terms of like, oh, it's going to ruin your gains. That's I heard a lot of people saying that because a lot of really prominent bodybuilders were getting into it. And they're like, yeah, well, everyone wants to do this, but it's ruining your gains. It's only ruining your gains if you are doing it immediately after your workout. Otherwise, I'm, I'm recovering faster. My inflammation from like my post-inflammatory, uh, you know, like delayed onset muscle soreness is going down. So I'm able to train harder when I go in and lift more. So that's a complete false. Um, it's really only ruining your gains if you go in immediately after you work out. And two, it's not messing with your hormones if you're doing it strategically. If you're balancing your hormones in other ways with fueling, eating enough protein, eating a balanced diet, adding in stress practices. I mean, it's pro and you know your body, if you are under a lot of stress and, or your, you know, your, your hormones are struggling in some way, you know, maybe talk to your practitioner on if it would be right for you or not. I mean, there's so many bio ways we can make this bio individual, but kind of take this episode and see how you can start incorporating some of these things to be getting some of the great benefits. So let me know if you are a fan of cold therapy, if you do it, how you're liking it, I'd love to know. But anyways, thank you for listening. Please do not forget if you're enjoying this podcast, I would love if you could leave a review on whatever plat or if you could leave five stars or a review. I don't think you can leave a review on Spotify, but I know you can on Apple. So thank you in advance. I appreciate it. I read every single review. I appreciate every single five star. It goes a very long way. And so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you've done it already. And I will see you next week.